Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. This is a podcast in which... All right, let me give you the sort of the elevator pitch. That's what we say in this entertainment industry we call the entertainment industry. People smooch on TV and sometimes they make love and we get to watch. Welcome to The Bachelor. At no, at no point in your pitch did you say what... Rose Buddies is? Yeah. I realize that now. So you get to watch us watch people make love. It's like... No watching. No, you don't watch us. You listen to us watch people make love. And we describe (laughs) the faces we make during that process. And boy, did we watch people make love, sort of metaphorically speaking. We watch them sort of... Essentially, we watch them clean sort of the love slime off themselves after an evening of just, (laughs) just filming that yurt up with they stank, you know? Do you want to hop right into what you call those yurts? So I was I was enticed <laughs> by how many yurts these people made love in in this episode of The Bachelor because we are in Finland and Finland is known to have a yurt from time to time. Um, another thing I discovered: I love reindeer. We talked about reindeer for a long time. I think they're great. They're just like big dogs. <laughs> they got the fuzziest they got faces. Fuzzy faces, and they're just they got the temperament of dogs, but the body of a deer. I love all of it. But there's so many yurts, and they had sex in all of them, and so I call it. It was crass. It's hard and, to start off the top of the show with it's this. It's hard. Isn't it's it? challenging because I call them squirt yurts, and it's not good. <laughs> like I recognize it's not a good thing to say out loud, and it's sometimes one. It's one. I was trying to be shocking to you, you know. Mm-hmm. I wrote it down to make you sure. You did write it down to make, make sure, sure I said, we said squirt it. yurt on the air. Well, there it is, everybody. <laughs> I'm not perfect, okay? Squirt yurt. Uh, Actually, this is a great transition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you'll remember, last week our big cliffhanger was Will Raven. I can't fucking believe this televised TV show. Raven, who has never... Had an orgasm from intercourse with a man. Yes. Will she have an orgasm with Nick? Gerism. And the climax of that Jesus, cliffhanger uh, is kind of cheesy. It's like it shows them like um, snuggling, and she's like got a robe wrapped around her, and it's playing that boom, 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 boom music. God, that was a really good impression of the song that plays. <laughs> that was. Uh, and that song may as well be titled She Didn't Have an Orgasm. Like, it's like, uh-oh, something went wrong. Uh-oh, something's kind of hinky But then they, they twist it on you. Yeah, then they twist it on you because she revealed... She said, you... she said, quote, it was good to be alone physically with him. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say too much, but... And then he's really good at what he does... So I'm feeling pretty satisfied this morning. And then it fucking may as well, like, wake me up before you go, go, like, fucking montage of Raven frolicking through the snow. And I saw some people, the group was very hit or miss on this. There are a lot of people who thought that was gross. I don't get how you see this as anything other than, like, fucking, y'all gotta give it, you gotta give them something. She's like, like, she's like skipping through the snow and like high-fiving reindeer. It's so fucking goofy and funny and like very raven. And I didn't think there was anything gross about it at 
all. Like now, it, I feel like this is a good litmus test of whether or not you'd like Bachelor in Paradise because this is exactly what Bachelor in Paradise is. Yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. And it was also like it's a it's a it's a pretty wild turnaround from how up until a couple seasons ago, I really think it was Caitlyn's season. Um, the fantasy suite was treated as this thing where like you either pretended like they didn't actually have sex in there or they would show like splorch noises in the captions and then never talk about it again. And so it was just like teasing it, but it was taboo that like, yeah. it was taboo that any sex was going on in a fantasy suite It used suite to be very, it used to be very like Downton Abbey, like yeah. we, maybe we see one shoe by the door which and is that's like, what we get. And that's how we get fucking gross shit, like Kate, the back half of Caitlyn's whole season, which was just, you had sex with Nick before the fantasy suites, you made love on this show, how dare you? which is such a like revisionist history piece of bullshit of like everybody fucks on this show like well the final three do probably most of the time um and and so it's wild that there's this this montage this admittedly goofy edited for humor montage featuring who is essentially i love raven to pieces the comic relief of the remaining contestants of just like yeah we had sex and he got me off what's up like that's that's a pretty fucking major turnaround from what this show has done. And I can't see it as anything but like a positive, positive thing. Yeah. I mean, I think what's, what's always nice about these little montages they put together is you can tell they're done with the contestants consent. Yes. Whereas most of the time you think you're seeing something that's been edited kind of against their wishes. There's no way that this was, there's no way they were like, Hey Raven, go frolic through the snow. What are you guys going to use this for? Don't worry about it. (laughs) We're definitely not going to like, go make some snow angels. Yeah. Go high five that reindeer. You're not going to make it look like I had an orgasm, did? No, no, no. Don't worry (laughs) about it. She knew. She knew what was going on. Uh, We should also mention a caveat. We should have done this at the top of the show. We were recording this after the first hour of this three-hour fucking parade of nightmares that they are trying to put us through today. Yeah, we decided to watch the traditional episode yes, record and record. then go back and watch woman tell all which this devil's trade-off of one hour one week and three the next is just unsustainable do you think you could do zero hours three <laughs> weeks in a row and then eight fucking hours in one <laughs> like non-stop rock block it starts no. at 2 p.m i mean you'd I have would. to come home from work early and then we would have a 2 p.m to 10 p.m fucking <laughs> just like nightmare block i love this show but we go to bed at 10 p.m abc well at least i do yeah, I stay up until midnight and play Zelda. Um, <laughs> I thought this was good. I loved this. This was one of my highlights of the season. So it was a bummer to see people in the group just be like, I was bummed out by this. Because, like, well, I really don't think there's anything... I don't think there's anything nasty about this at all. I think it it depends on your context. Because it it does kind of seem like you're trivializing that it seems to be kind of an upsetting thing and now we're just going to pretend like nick got it in one (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretend being the operative work there um yeah i don't know i just like for me it was like a big it was a it was kind of an important like important's not the right word i don't want to call this an important moment but like it's just striking to me that this show used to treat sex as this taboo fucking like look at the sex now look over here look over here no they're not yeah. having sex don't worry about it this is abc we're owned by disney to like yeah i had an orgasm and now i'm gonna go fucking like prance in the snow about yeah it. no i thought it was fun i'm just yeah. saying like i i can see both sides okay uh next date yes please next date is rachel and uh they are going to start their date cross-country skiing which looks almost oh impossible god i can't down country ski like 
I'm bad at skiing. I try, I try to do the pizza wedge. Like people are like do the pizza wedge, do the pizza wedge. And I'm like I'm doing the fucking pizza wedge. <laughs> I'm fucking falling down on the blue circle garbage bullshit. And like six year olds are like doing wild stunts over me, and I'm just a pile of garbage on the floor. This is like that, but you don't even have gravity's help to help you ski. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it looks it, like you're literally dragging your feet. It's like having six foot long feet. It has to be exhausting on those calf muscles. On those poor calf muscles. Uh, Rachel did not do so great with it. And I don't think... Nick was trying to act a Nick, big game. I don't... I, did Nick he do okay? better. Yeah, he did, He I seemed guess. to be able to move faster. Well, here's the, it's probably the type of thing that you need some fucking lessons to do. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it looks very hard. I don't want to do it at the top of my day. What are we doing after this? Like, I hope it's just sitting down. Can we just sit down for the remainder of the day? <laughs> Yeah, no this this is not um, this is not like sitting around in a bar or playing darts like Raven's date. Yeah, oh, see, I would get so jealous. You made me exercise. <laughs> you got to drink weird green fucking ecto cooler. What was that? A lot of discussion in the group last week. They Raven and yeah. Nick drank a bright green. A lot of people were like, "It's probably absinthe or chartreuse," and it's like that. Mu- it was a fucking mug. It was the, the goblet of fire. What? Do you, that it can't be absinthe that would kill you uh somebody also said maybe an apple teeny in a in a, a beer stein fucking beer stein <laughs> maybe um so after the cross-country skiing they go to a um a lapland safari which has reindeer which is where we got super hype about these reindeer big guys Oh, the fuzziest faces. They got really fuzzy faces and their antlers are their like... Their antlers are fuzzy. Their antlers are fuzzy. It's like God was just like making them. It was just like, no, why should we stop here with the fuzz? Keep it going. You know, I love it. They're not too big. You know, they're not moose big. You see a moose and it's like, a moose could fuck me up. A reindeer I can just like kind of hang out with and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Pet their little noses. Pet their nose, pet their fucking antlers. It's fuzzy all over on these guy, on these I sons know. of guns. <laughs> and then they go into um like a, a shack that has a fire in it yeah um, it, also kind of a yurt and then they drink hot beverages around the fire now that's my speed drinking mm-hmm. hot beverages sitting down reindeer adjacent now we're now we're speaking my language what the do you fu- what fu- do you think these hot drinks were i i don't know probably hot ecto cooler like i don't know what they're <laughs> i don't know what they party on up here in, are they in finland yeah okay i get my i get my scandinavian countries all kind of higgledy piggledy which i realize i'm sorry i'm i've lived in america my whole life um i do want to go there though holy shit it looks so nice and you're kind of proud to be an american oh please no (laughs) get ready guys this little teaser for what's to come somebody said that sentence out loud and i said boy fucking howdy this is going to be a good episode (laughs) of rose buddies they gave us a lot to work with this week huh um yeah, they they go into this 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 uh, fire having small cabin, which kind of freaked me out a little. Yeah, bit. it was like a wooden f- shack that was on fire. Yeah, and what followed was a conversation in which Rachel had given like a behind the scenes interview talking about how she was ready to say I love you to him, um, and Nick was also ready to hear it because holy fucking shit. Does he say some stuff well, he to really, get her to say those words? Yeah, he really teases it out of her because she talks about how she's afraid of rejection and that's her number one fear and how she's scared and Nick says that he's scared and... And then she says she's scared and he says, well, I'm scared. And then he says, I'm scared. And it's like, I think they're, I think they may be scared here. 
Yeah, he says like, oh, it's important for you to have the strength to be a bit of a mess. And then, which is the most condescending thing you can no, say. No, and then he says, if you were to check your ego at the door, what would your heart say? <laughs> that's that's like that's not how that sentence works. It's also not like those two. Nick has a, a few conversations this episode where it's like he's stringing together a sentence out of like four conversations that he's just like kind of chopping and screwing a little bit. And this is this this was one of them in that like, if you could leave your ego at the door, what would your heart say? Doesn't make sense. Those two thoughts don't like combine together. But also, you don't say check your ego at the door in like, there's not a nice, that's kind of a shitty thing to say to somebody. Mm -hmm. Check your fucking ego. You can't actually, you can't say it without adding fucking in it somewhere. Check your fucking ego at the door, Rachel, and tell me you love me, please. Yeah. How does her ego keep her from saying that she loves you on this? What are you talking about? Yeah. It, it made it sound like, uh, oh, the only reason you could possibly be holding back is because you're just, you know, you're too proud. Yeah, so check your fucking ego at the door. <laughs> Don't you come in here so hoity-toity. Tell me you love me. Which she does. What's your heart say? She's, Which she does, and she, like, She says, falls. well, I would say that I'm falling in love with you. And then kind of, like, ooh, gets all giddy. Um, he says something back, but we also, I think we skipped the pretty Bogota thing. I know, I was going to go back to yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, he, he responds and says, I'm 100% falling for you too, Raven, or Raven, yeah. Rachel. Yeah. Sorry, they both start with Ray. <laughs> uh, I'm 100% falling for you too, Rachel, which is like, wow. Yeah. When fucking Vanessa said this, he said, not that. He said, I've fucked a lot of women on this show, basically. <laughs> I've fallen in love with a lot of women and proposed twice and gone on many dates and have been successful romantically with so many women on this TV show alone. So if I were to ever say what you just said, I would want to be absolutely sure that I was 100% committed to it. Whereas with Rachel, he just kind of lets let's let's fly. Let's her fly. Yeah. Which again, do want to stress this. We know they ain't getting married. Like we know she's going to be the next Bachelorette. So at some point in this process, it's going to break down. And this is the only person that he's given this, like, validation to. Yeah. It's completely inscrutable. So let's back up a little bit. <laughs> let's back up, because we almost skipped a bad, bad thing he says. Yeah. So the the conversation we're referencing actually happened later in the date. But before that, when they were still in the, the fire shack, um, so Rachel was talking to Nick about how... Um, there's there's allusion to the weird volleyball date that we know is super edited yeah he says you kind of lost your mind after that date which i guess maybe she was a little um i don't know what the word i'm looking for here but it well, was not very self self-assured after that date like needed some like assurance yeah, from him well I feel like. and and the the rumor out on the internet via R- reality steve is that rachel and vanessa had some kind of fight on that date that they didn't air and so I'm guessing that's what he's referencing, that there was some kind of Which, issue. Fuck, that would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Like, it, it would describe they shot that whole thing with that narrative thread and then had to erase that narrative thread when they realized that one of these women was going to be in the, the final two and one of these women was going to be the next Bachelorette. Yeah. And that didn't leave them with much footage. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, although I don't really see a downside to bringing drama to either of those women. I, do, I think I think this show is so 
ass backwards that they think like they have to do the fairy princess thing. Yes, like she doesn't have any flaws. Well, do the do the the wifey thing. Like yeah, yeah. Because the fights fights are for Corn's the one who fights. She's yeah. the fighting one. Okay. Nobody else in the house can have a fight because Corn is the fighting one with Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Okay, Taylor. Anyway, so Nick is talking about how he actually appreciates when she is vulnerable in moments like that and kind of reveals insecurity. Uh, and Rachel responds and says, oh, that's that's really rare that you're that way. Like, you, that's a really unique trait. Um, and Nick says, <sighs> I might be white, but I'm still a minority. Which Rachel kind of giggles about. Um, because she, charitably. what else do you do? What are you talking? Where does this rate with Ben Higgins, I'm not that white? How does I, that's it- exactly what I thought when, <laughs> when he said it. I was like, this is his Ben Higgins yeah, yeah, moment. Yeah, of course you thought that because this is fucking white dudes saying like, well, I'm okay. I might be white, but nope, not a good, there's not a good, uh, there's, there's not a good end to that sentence at all. I'm afraid white i'm still a minority because you what because like sometimes he's your partners are, is, are can be hard-headed and you No, he's saying that he is is such a diamond in the rough like such a such a incredible man uh that he is in the minority oh buddy that's that's After how I last week it. when we were like you know this show handled a few conversations about race and i think it did so you know, fair to fair to well, and then to follow it up with this stinkeroo, boy howdy, that was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but the love confession, it was so fucking forced, y'all. Like Nick would not stop. Like so, uh, anything you wanna <laughs> say? Check your fucking ego at the door and tell me those sweet words, those three <laughs> words I need so bad. And then and then it happened, and it was actually pretty cute. Which I don't I don't want to think it was cute, but it was really cute. Damn it. Uh, So unlike Raven's date where they go to like a separate little fantasy suite with um, Nick and Rachel, they've already taken a sleigh ride to this little spot where they're having drinks. And so when it comes time to open the card, they get a key. Same key, by the way. Same key. Yeah. They literally just walk upstairs. To the... Sexy to the sex room? There's like a bedroom upstairs from where they are immediately sitting. And I don't know what they use the key for. I think I told... I, I Griffin, mean, Griffin made a joke I think about, he swallows it and then they make a game out of getting it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a yeah. fun party game? Just like getting it out of there? Or maybe the key is to the drawer with all the with a, fun... With all the KY jelly. All the fun things. The fun things? Like what, babe? Um, like the, the plastic gloves they put on. Oh boy. Wow. You went very, okay. To, for hygienic purposes. Yeah. Kind of part in the curtain for our own sort of bedroom festivities (laughs) for the people, but, um, um, and, 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 and then there's another drawer in that drawer. What's in that one? In the smaller drawer. It's smaller. Okay, so <laughs> I was worried about the size of it, but now you've told me. It's like a series of nesting drawers. 
And in the smaller drawer. Okay, so sort of a national treasure like puzzle situation. <laughs> like a like a babushka doll. Okay. What's in the smaller <laughs> fuck drawer? Tell me now, please. In the smaller drawer is a smaller key. <laughs> <laughs> and then the smaller key unlocks the contraption that Nick wears. Whoa. To keep his his um you're making a motion with your hand that the audience can't see but i'm very intrigued by it to keep his package oh um contained zing like a cage yeah cage free nick Mm -hmm. loving it so that got pretty crazy pretty pretty um yeah so anyway they spend the night together yeah they they have a romantic evening together and then the next day um she's wearing little penguin pjs and he makes her eggs um and they seem they seem God, very in love. So, so frustrating. They seem so in love. They really do. Because you know they're not going to end up together. Yeah. This was like, you, you mentioned that this was like kind of hard to watch because it was like a breakup train just like fucking very slowly rolling into the station. Yeah, I felt like I was like on like a vigilant breakup watch it was where like, like a, at yeah. any time it could happen. It was like last five, last five years. Like, you know, this thing ain't going to work out. Last five years? Yeah, that movie, the play, the musical, and the movie that had Anna Kendrick in it. It's about these oh. two. It's about a couple, and they have broken up, and they start their stories on opposite ends of the relationship and meet in the middle. Mm. But the whole time, you know that they're broken up. Like so the Lake like, House. God, you reference that fucking movie in every conversation <laughs> we have about romantic movies, and I love you so much for it. It's my favorite thing about you. Our Time Traveler's Wife is another one. You pull that one out too. Sliding Doors. Sliding Doors is another one that you love to mention. No, see, I got that from you. You say Sliding Doors all the time. I do say Sliding Doors all the time, but I don't say it as much as you say Lake House, which is in most conversations we have about anything at all. <laughs> At our two-month doctor's appointment for our baby. And they were like, oh, I did not well, mention the lake how's house. His, uh, how's his mobility doing in his legs? They're like, well, it's basically like the lake house, the movie with Keanu. <laughs> and Sandra Bullock. And Sandy B is in it, too. Have you seen the lake house? Yeah. Okay. Have you? In theaters. Step to this. Okay, I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah, I didn't think so. It's a fucking combination. It's undeniable. It's my speed lovers. And they're in a romance movie. <laughs> speed lovers. They're lovers in speed. I know, I know. Okay, Vanessa. Can you date. do me a favor before we move? Can you check your ego at the door? <laughs> Stepping at me about seeing Lake House in theaters. I saw a lot of junky shit in theaters. Crazy Beautiful. Saw that in theaters. That's it. That's the only movie I've seen in theaters. It's Crazy Beautiful with Kirsten Dunst. Mm. It was Okay. Can we talk about Vanessa's date? Yeah, we sure blew through Rachel's thing, but I guess we we're talking about an hour of TV, so. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa's date. Um, Nick talks about, to us, the viewers, that uh, hometowns got kind of serious and things tend to get kind of serious with Vanessa, so he hopes they can just have fun together. And their fun date is that they are going to get in swimsuits and run back and forth between ice cold water and a sauna. So they're going to... Hop in the freezing cold water. Hurt themselves. Like this is this would hurt very badly. I feel like. And then run into the sauna, and then run back into the freezing cold water, and then run back into the sauna, over and over again. I like half expected them to like get out of the water the first time, and like Nick would have like four toes across his two feet. Like this seemed brutal, man. Mm-hmm. This doesn't seem. It was it was funny to watch. It was kind of fun because Nick was talking such a big game before. Like, we really need to appreciate Nick's this. Nick's complete like, collapse was amazing. We really need to spend, like, 10 seconds in the ice water just to, like, really, really embrace the opportunity. And Vanessa's really kind of squeamish about it. And then it does a total flip as soon as yeah. they get in. There's some phenomenon 
And I don't know if it's that I expect that she's going to win that makes me not like think about Vanessa fondly very much. But then every time she's on screen, I'm like, oh yeah, Vanessa's fucking great. Yeah. Vanessa's really good. She was so funny in like forcing him to get in the water and stay in the water. Uh, and they would like run and jump in and she'd be like, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, no, fuck this, get out. Because um, <laughs> we keep, well, the problem is we keep seeing footage of her t- like crying to the camera about how uncertain and insecure she is. Yeah, that's a good point. And so we don't get to actually appreciate what makes her, I, 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 I didn't don't know, likable. I didn't see this. I saw some people in the group say that they felt like she was getting a villain edit here at the back end. I don't think that's it. I really, I, I really truly believe Vanessa's st- still going to win. Um, especially now that we know who the final two is going to be. Like, I think Vanessa is going to win. And for another reason that we're going to get to here in a second. And I feel like, um, in the final few episodes of this show, invariably, there is a tonal shift with whoever the winner is to cast doubt on their certain victory. Yeah. And it's a cheap, it's a cheap and completely like transparent tactic to try to build drama. But like, they've done it, no joke. Probably every season that I've been watching the show, save for Ben Flagenix, which came out of left field. Yeah, I was um, trying to remember a specific season because this is a, a tone that happens a lot where Whit- they did it with Whitney and, and Crystal. Yeah, definitely. yeah, where they start talking seriously about the logistics of them being together. That's the other thing, and it seems it seems like some of the passion is gone because yeah. they're having these very practical conversations. But what they're doing is actually like. Yeah, this is us in the end, so let's talk about this now. That's the big thing, is, like, you can talk to Rachel and be like, I've wanted for so long to tell you this, but I'm 100% falling for you. And you can talk to Raven and be like, I'm sorry that um, your ex-boyfriend didn't give you an orgasm. Let's get in there, into the yurt, and just, like, go wild. (laughs) Let me get out my sex gloves. But as soon as you're like you want me to go to lunch with your family every weekend? (laughs) That is the relationship that's like... How long? How long a drive is it from uh, from from your apartment to your parents' house? Are we gonna have to make that drive every Sunday? That's the fucking conversation. Where it's yeah. like, okay, you're making plans, so yeah. that's I I don't see how she isn't the winner just based on how previous seasons have like treated mm-hmm. those sorts of conversations. Yeah, it's it's weird because Nick almost seems to kind of pick a fight with her. Like after they've done this icy hot challenge. They go into a hot tub, and Nick is like, your family's pretty traditional, and I'm not at all. Which doesn't, they say the word traditional 80 times. Yeah. He says that about 79 of those times, and it's like, what are you talking, what are you? And she gets kind of defensive. I don't really think like, it's just they have lots of traditions, yeah. and my family, and she's like, your family came up with their own traditions? Why are we having this conversation? Uh, and and she's he's like, do you think we do uh, Sunday with your lunch with your family every time she's like yeah that's something i'm not willing to compromise it's one of my core values it's like my family is really important to me and he says you have things in your life that you're not willing to compromise on hmm interesting what the fuck dog yeah this is when he starts his like maybe we're too similar do you think we're too similar which doesn't make any sense it's a complete fucking pivot like i don't know that i want to your family's traditional and mine isn't and i feel like i'm gonna have some friction like going to your fucking lunch every sunday too i feel like we're so similar and that might be a problem for us Griffin, it's because they both have core values and that's rare so (laughs) stupid yeah he seems to be like Look at you feeling so strongly about family. That is something that reminds me of me. And but I have another core value that has nothing to do with family. But it was just like 
it was another one of those conversations that was just like he was just sort of swinging from vine to vine and the vines didn't make any fucking sense when held up next to each other and it was just oh your family's so traditional huh Wow, you uh, sure are, have things in your life, core values, that you're not willing to change for me. But I feel like we're so similar. Those are three completely distinct that's, thoughts. Yeah, that, that's why we, Griffin and I are both getting this kind of foregone conclusion vibe of like, they're not even trying to like learn about each other anymore. Yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, this is how it is with us as a couple. It's not uncommon for The Bachelor or The Bachelorette to have conversations with multiple people about the logistics of moving to their city whether they're willing to move whether you're expecting me to move to where you live in your city um but i think like when it causes friction it's because the bachelor or bachelorette is actually thinking about it is actually starting to think like what if i moved to to canada uh, and this like, leads us to just the fucking Nick's bon mot yes. of the evening. Well, his second bon mot behind, I may be white, but I'm still a minority. Yeah. So uh, the evening part of the date, they're in another kind of yurt blanket situation. And they're back on the traditional talk um, about how traditional her family is. And it's like, I like it. I like that your family's traditional. It's like new and I'd love to experience it. No dog. That's not what it sounded like in the hot tub, bud. Um, And then she's like, well, you know, my mom um, and I were talking. um, I actually know that came later. So she's like, well, maybe we should talk about moving. Um, Would you consider moving to Canada? And Nick says, well, it's not really easy for me to picture moving to Canada. And Vanessa says, well, why? And he says, uh, not to sound corny, but I'm kind of proud to be an American. <sighs> and then a little tiny American flag pops out of his that nose. urethra. And it waves. It's, it's <laughs> cool. I don't know. I like cool. He lights some sparklers. You know, with his, with his, yeah. With his he, special apparatus that Rachel described earlier. <laughs> it's just like. He plays some. Some banjo. This that statement hits a baseball <laughs> into the stadium. <laughs> into a grilled cheese sandwich. It's just like the grilled cheese sandwich just explodes. <laughs> it's just that there's that statement has nothing to do with the conversation we're having. It's very important to me that we continue to live in in where does she live? She's in Montreal. Montreal. It's important to me that we live in Montreal. It's where my family is and my family is really important to me and like I can't imagine my life without um, you know, having lunch with my family every Sunday. Well, I'm proud to be an American, so I think actually we've got to do Yeah, he my tries to hedge line. a little bit, but like, whoa, but you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe. I mean, because, you know, like, it, like I'll do a lot of things for love. And She says, well, I'm proud to be a Canadian. And he's like, I know, I know. I did, I'm not saying you aren't. Like, okay. Everything you're saying now is bad and wrong. It's, it, it was, it was, it, it. It, they it would have been what would have been better is if he was like I don't know does Canada have Dancing with the Stars because <laughs> I that is my next next plan oh, shit it's it, it it he is right they yeah. announced that this yeah. past okay who gives a shit that fucking Mike Fleiss dude was like another historic announcement on par with the one that we made last time no yeah. dude it's not it's super not yeah. and then all that shit came out about how Caitlin was supposed to be on Dancing mm-hmm. with the Stars but apparently the producers of the show like forbade her from doing so mm-hmm. boy this show's fucking yucky sometimes man mm-hmm. um I forget what I was talking about oh it's it's just like you're fu- I have a lot of national pride, so unfortunately, 
we're doing my one. It's like the <laughs> most whack shit you can possibly say. And they peeled it back enough to, so that in the last scene, when they were having this conversation in the hot tub, it really seemed like they were having an actual conversation about when I in- get engaged to you after you win this TV show, uh, where are we going to live? And for him to fucking pull that line out in what seemed like an actual conversation about this was like, boy, howdy, it was pretty cringeworthy. Sorry, babe. Like, if you and I, if if you're like, I want to move back to St. Louis, and I'd be like, sorry, proud Texan over here. That's that's uh, that's no good. That's not a good argument for no. this situation. No, because it's like assuming my pride is actually going to outweigh whatever whatever your feeling is. Also, like, you're getting a fucking ticket to Canada that you can use to at least ride this thing out for four years. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you not jumping on that real fast? Yes, please. Well, plus he's, I mean, you can tell he loves a sweater. You know, he loves to wear a he sweater. He looks good in a sweater. He looks good in some cable knit hats. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, you're a fool, Nicholas, if you don't get up there. This mm-hmm. is the best you've looked here in Finland. I had that thought. A little bit of that. Oh, really? Fun of that, some of that boyish curly hair poking out of a cable knit hat. Like, yeah, that's a good fucking look. You got tired of the deep Vs? You I'll never get some... tired of the deep Vs. Okay. Okay. It's just good. like good. a different, it's like a different spice, you know? Um, and... They hook up, whatever. Well, we should bring up the point that since everybody else is talking about love, for some reason, there's this oh, arc yeah. again where Vanessa has to say she loves him again. She's like, I, I, I'm t- I've decided tonight's going to say it to be the night where I say I love you. Did she say I'm falling in love with you? Is Are we really on that level of fucking high school romance yeah, level Yeah, I shit? don't know. She's already said it. I don't know why they made her like do this big thing where she says it again. I just can't with that distinction anymore. I've said I'm falling in love with you. Well, now the act is completed. Congratulations. <laughs> You've been upgraded to our t- fucking platinum membership. I will say he does the exact same thing with Vanessa that he does with Rachel, where when the card arrives, of course, the woman reads it because for some reason, the like guest always has to read it. And then as soon as they finish reading it, Nick goes, um, thoughts? <laughs> Do you think they make the guest read it? Because otherwise, the bachelor could just be making shit up. <laughs> like He pulls out any card that he bought at like a like a gas station. It's like, dear um, Vanessa, please go with Nick to the fantasy suite and just hog his brains out <laughs> should you choose to forgo your individual room you will have to do mouth stuff <laughs> do mouth stuff at least love chris Harrison. love chris harrison i don't weird. know weird but that's what the card says anyway oh it's in the fire anyway <laughs> um and we get another one of those next morning messy hair wrapped in blankets which i had a thought can i tell you my thoughts yes a cameraman just doesn't hang out in the room and turn his camera on in the morning at some point. At some point, cameramen and yeah. cam- camera oper- at some point, camera operators and a producer come into their room like, knock, knock. Hey, you guys up? All right, we're just going to set up and shoot you right now. So get in a sex position is yeah. definitely a conversation that happens. And that thought like made me yeah. wildly uncomfortable. Yeah, like maybe they'd already gotten dressed. It is. Yeah. It's, and then there's like a no, you're going to need to take that off and get yes. it back in bed. It's so easy to suspend your disbelief like watching this show during transitions like that. But like, and this is another thing and I don't want to sound like an asshole, but like that making the TV show kind of ruined for me is that I know they have to set these shots up. And it takes an hour <laughs> to do it. It takes a really long time to set it up and get all the lighting right and like get them in makeup and then lay them down in the bed again. 
like they've just like f- post coital bond movie scene like yeah and i have to imagine like because we see different types of things like sometimes the the bachelor bachelorette and their guest will be in robes drinking coffee sometimes they'll be in bed half dressed i have to imagine that people kind of set the terms when the camera crew arrives yeah like what are you comfortable doing yeah, it's just that thought of just like, hey, they didn't just sh- like kick the door in and start filming fucking like gorilla documentary style. This is a shot they had to set up. Get a little bit neuter, please. For I me. think it'd be funny. You know, it'd be really funny is hmm. if they like had thrown their clothes like all over the light fixtures and stuff, and then the next morning they like take the clothes down, and it's like, oh, how did this giraffe get in here? And then there's like a weird like, <laughs> you know, like they they play it up to be extra wacky, kind of like, like, you know, like what crazy stuff happened in here? Because <laughs> there's, there's a hippo. What? Kind of like The Hangover, the movie The Hangover, where there's like a tiger. Which one's that? There's like a tiger in there or something. There's a tiger. There's a movie about a tiger. It's Life of Pi is what you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah, that must be it. I'm sorry to just let you just kind of ride that one out by yourself. I thought we would have like a fun improv no, together. I didn't know what you were doing with that improv, though. I, I was confused by it. The idea is that you can stage it however you want to stage it when the camera crew arrives. So you could set up a really kind of wacky, suggestive scenario like for the, the hang- viewer. Like the movie Hangover. I remember now. <sighs> Maybe you just dumped a bunch of oil cans all over the place and just covered the room in just crude oil. Yeah, and like you've all the sheets have been lit on fire. Yeah, all right, I get you now. You see, it's fun to make pretend. (laughs) (laughs) When you use your imagination, you anything's possible. If you'd been with me from the beginning, this would be a very funny thing. I'm with you, babe. Um. Can we get to the rose ceremony, please? I'm so excited that we get to talk about a fucking rose ceremony on this podcast. There is a rose ceremony. I wasn't sure there was going to be one. Uh, The women are dressed very fancily. Yes. Rachel's Rachel's outfits have been, like, fire this whole time. I'm still thinking about that skirt when you pointed it out that had, like, the shorts underneath it. Uh A lot of people in the Facebook group have bought that skirt. It's wild. I don't understand how, like, I've never had this ability when, like, uh, uh, some sort of garment is on a TV show and people are like, where can I find that, that skirt? And people are like within 10 minutes, like I found it. How do you find, do you just Google like skirt with the shorts in it and it's split? I don't up? know, but you know who does it is a uh, Charlene in her recap blog. Oh, Charlene. Yeah. Charlene's does got it. a finger on She's the She's a fashionista. Man. I miss Charlene. You know, me too. Uh, okay. So everyone's dressed in these like really nice, elegant floor length gowns. And um, Chris Harrison is there talking to Nick outside of the cabin, and it's very cold. And then Nick starts his little speech, and he's already kind of emotional, um, you know, thanking the women for for being there and, and how much he cares about them. The first rose goes to Raven, and then that means that Vanessa and Rachel are standing there. And I told Rachel, like, if if Vanessa doesn't get this rose, like... I have no idea what this season is going for. I would have been into it, but if Rachel, who we know does not win, I guess, made it into the final two, like my mind would have been completely shattered. But so Vanessa gets the rose, which means Rachel is going home, which is very emotional to watch. 
I even um, said, I was like, this is going to be really hard to watch, despite the fact that I knew for the past, what, three weeks now that she wasn't going to win? Yeah. It was still like, oh, man, I really don't want to watch these two say goodbye to each other. Yeah, she said, she tells him, you know, that she's glad that that he knew how she felt about him. And he says that she's one of the most incredible women he's ever met. Um, and that he doesn't want this to be goodbye forever because that's too hard to think about right now. Uh, and then he sends her home in the limo. That's it. That's it. Um, it was it was tough to watch. And then we get into the uh, women's hell all. Um, it was it was a it was a bummer to watch Rachel go home. She she did so fucking good on this. Yeah, I hope they find some good dudes for her. I hope they find some good dudes. That's what it comes down to now. I mean, I also hope they don't make her boring because I have been excited. I was excited about Andy. I was excited about Caitlyn, and in both of those situations, like the Bachelorette was just kind of a boring foil for like all the wacky zany characters. Like, yeah, well, invariably, we, that's the role that the Bachelor We were kind of excited fills. about Nick, too, because some, pe- some people are really good at commentary, like show commentary, and he definitely was, but we didn't realize with show commentary, you have to reveal how you're feeling about people, and Nick is not allowed to do that at all, and so he became very bland very quickly. Yeah. So hopefully that won't happen to Rachel. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, you know what we should do now? Hey, Griffin. Yes. Can I steal you away? That one was a little funky. Uh, it's, it's not <laughs> over. <laughs> Every tenth episode of Home Improvement, they put that one on there, where there's like a aftershock, and they just make you look at the title card for, for like fifteen seconds. <laughs> So anyway, we got sponsors this week who paid us money to talk about their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have it? I just, I'm the only one that has it open, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I want you to actually talk about this first one because uh, it's Try the World yeah. who offer healthy snacks and they sent a lot of Rachel-friendly stuff. Yeah. Okay, this is a snack delivery service. Uh, and what makes it kind of unique is that the the snacks they provide are super, super healthy uh, and from all over the world. Yeah. So uh, I got really excited about it because there's a lot of like coconut kind of snacks and, and yeah. fruity snacks and vegetable snacks. I feel very bad because we get a few like food delivery services and like all of them are soy and dairy rich, I would say rich in soy and dairy. Yeah. Like the dairy dairy soy bombs that I get from the soy <laughs> dairy company and you can't party on any of that. And like pretty much the whole box they sent was was all Rachel approved. And I actually got jealous. I don't want to eat your like the only food that is in the house that you are able to eat without Henry getting sick. But yeah, so I definitely really ate. I, some, I definitely ate a lot of them. Uh, so try the world brings you five all natural healthy snacks from five different countries. Uh, so if you want to check this out, go to trytheworld.com and get $10 off your next box of healthy snacks with code ROSEBUDDIES. That's us. That's us. You know what they said at the top? They huh. said, hello, we are very excited to be working with you. We love the uniqueness of your voice. Ooh. I mean, I, they probably say that to everybody. They're talking about you, right? You have such a good radio voice. I can't believe this is the first like radio thing you did. Did you do like a radio show or anything like that growing up, like in college or anything like that? Nope. It bums me out that you didn't have a college radio show. I know. I'm you would, sorry. You would have done so good. I would have tuned well, no, into that. no, because college one. radio is like... Uh, so yeah, that's not true. I had a so, college radio show, and it was it was uh, that was Death Cab for Cutie. Okay, 
<laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. All the college radio I listened to was... was... Oh, you listened to snooty college radio. You didn't listen to my awesome 1 a.m. to were 5 a.m. college were radio. Were you like, hello, this is hey, Griffin. this is <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here, let me have that. Because I want to talk about Blue Apron. I don't need the phone to talk about Blue Apron, but I want to know what the recipes are to talk about. Uh, Rachel and I have been using Blue Apron for a long time. They are a friend of our whole family of, of podcasts. Uh, and what they do is for 10 bucks per person per meal, they send you a box with pre-portioned ingredients to make uh, seasonal, great-tasting meals. Uh, some upcoming uh, recipes include salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli, uh, pork chops and miso butter with bok choy and marinated apple, vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes with crispy tortilla strips, spicy shrimp coconut curry with cabbage and rice. Um, we've been doing this for, what, like eight or nine months now, and like I've learned how to cook using this and have made like... Uh, uh, the top 10 best things I've ever cooked in my life have all been Blue Apron meals, basically. Um, and yeah, the, the like the meat and produce, like all the ingredients are, are really high great. quality, like a lot better often than you'd find in a grocery store, which is nice. And the recipes are really great, too. Like mm-hmm. um, really, really flavorful. Um, and it's not like there's no shortcuts. It's not like mix the meat paste with the sauce goo it's like yeah, you're you actually, not like rehydrating shrimp. it's all up to you so you do kind of have to learn how to cook a little bit to like mm-hmm. make these meals like the best that they can be and it's like it's fun it's really 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 fun mm-hmm. um so anyway i want to tell you how to get the the best blue apron offer that you can get as soon as my fucking iphone 6 unlocks here we go uh you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash rose um, go check it out. Like, you're really, you're really going to have a lot of fun. We tell like all of our friends to go do it. And like, I do not feel like a gross shill evangelizing as much as we do for this yeah. product because it, it really has like changed my life. Maybe it's great. let's say maybe you're bringing a fancy date back to your house Ooh. and you want to cook a meal for them before you watch the bachelor. Uh, this would be a way for you to make a real fancy meal without having to go out and find all sorts of ingredients you're not familiar with. Because mm, they'll, they'll already be in a box for you. Maybe they'll let you take the squirt yard. <laughs> Is that in the copy? That's what it says. Blue apron. Take them to the squirt yard. <laughs> uh, I have a jumbotron here. Can I read it? Yes. It's for Presley, and it's from Meredith, who says, My sweet baby brother, I love you even more than you hate me for convincing you to watch The Bachelor. That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, thank you, Griffin and Rachel, for helping me initiate my brother as a member of Bachelor Nation. Love, your big sis, Meredith. P.S. You are the Slytherin, not me. Oof. Can get tricky. Doesn't it? What do you think you are? Because there's a right answer. I definitely know what house you belong to. Uh, I, I have no idea, but you've told me before that I'm Ravenclaw, right? Bones me out that we've had this conversation before. But Well, there were some people in the Facebook group that were determining... Our, our houses for us you're definitely ravenclaw a lot of people say griffin's gryffindors because it's right in there yo hufflepuff for life if you don't think i'm gonna be like getting smoked out like non-stop <laughs> with my buddies and like not taking shit serious but i show up in a pinch and cut that snake's fucking head off with the magic blade you do not know me at all can i read the next jumbotron please do here i've got it loaded up for you thank you uh this message is for megan this is from lars Megan, I could not ask for a more wonderful partner to live life with. I knew we were soulmates when you took my family history to evaluate my genetic fitness on our second date. (laughs) 
10 years, two kids, and several zags later, I am still totally in love with you, oh, Lars. Slaw, Lars. That's a good that message. Nice? Also, that is some good, it's <laughs> a good shrewd business practice you've got there. I love that. I wish, we haven't done that with each other. We don't know what our genetics are going to be like. What if they line up our, de- our our double helixes and it's just a frowny face? I mean, we have a baby, oh, yeah, so right. we're gonna we're gonna he's see a little bit. Cute, you're right. He's a real cute baby. He's very cute. He's got very dry skin though. Damn it! It's that it's our <laughs> genetics. Damn it! Um, Lars and Megan have two kids, so they yeah. probably they probably have a good sense too. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for for letting us be the arbiters of that sweet love message. Uh, if you want to get a jumbotron, you can go to maximumfun.org. Um, we are already booked into June right now. So if you're looking for some summertime messages, it's a good, it's a good time to get in there. Um, Hey, babe, do you know what's coming up? Ooh, Max Fun Drive. It's the Max Fun Drive. It's coming up really, really soon. So this is our first, uh, Max Fun Drive being a member of the Maximum Fun family. And we're very, very excited about it. Um, so the Max Fun Drive is coming up. And we're working hard on some of the best episodes of the year. You can tune in during the drive to catch these extra awesome episodes and hear about the exclusive thank you gifts we have in store for new and upgrading members. They are seriously amazing. Plus, it's your chance to help support Rose Buddies and help us reach our highest goal ever, 10,000 new and upgrading Max Fund members. That's across all of the shows, and that is like more than we've ever shot for before and hey you know what we have ten thousand facebook friends hey what's up every single one of you <laughs> chips in we're good uh so the 2017 max fund drive kicks off march 20th and it runs for just two weeks visit maximumfund.org for details and don't miss it the the max fund drive is really um it's important to us because we are supported in a major way by the podcast that we do and it has turned into a career and the reason why we are able to do the things that we do, like a fucking TV show, like all of the live shows that we do, like launching Rose Buddies, um, is because of the support that we get and okay. the, like the 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 financial support that we get from from y'all every um, Max Fun Drive. And, okay, can I say the best part? Yeah, please. Uh, the best part as a donor is you get access to special bonus content. Don't give away. Don't give away. Our... I won't say what we're working on, but it will be worth it. There's machinations afoot that I'm extremely excited about. Um, so yeah, we know it's not everybody's thing, right? Like if, if pledge drives on yeah. the radio, bum you out or whatever, like, I don't, whatever, fast forward through the spots, but otherwise we're going to, um, probably put out some longer length episodes and we're going to have that bonus episode ready for you. And there will be gifts for everybody who's a member of the family, but mostly like you get to take ownership of, of this thing and help support us make this yeah. thing that we love so very, very, very much. So we're looking forward to it. March 20th, it kicks off runs two weeks. And again, the bonus episode is going to knock both your butt cheeks right off your body. Fucking <laughs> sick. Let's go watch the rest of this garbage show and, okay. um, get back into it. Okay. This TV show can chomp my gooch. <laughs> so we just watched The Women Tell All. And it's it was a fine women tell all. As fine as they can fucking be, I guess. Oh, but they're so bad. Literally the last thing we heard is Chris Harrison say, Join us next week for our three-hour finale. You're going to take another trio of my hours two weeks in a row, huh? Because it's like bedtime it's like way past bedtime and we have to do this and we have to do this podcast more love this podcast love this audience love this tv show don't love doing it when it's in in the sleeping hours and the baby's sleeping hours let's just burn through the women tell all because nothing of substance really happened the whole time yeah um 
Uh, they make a lot of Corinne, of course. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, fucking make Corinne great again and make America Corinne again hats. And There's also a lovely audience member in a shark costume. That's good shit. It's the one that we own now. And we're going to have to figure yeah. out some way to put it to good use. Um, I did see some. The only Corinne piece of merchandise that I saw in the audience that I actually really dug was... Uh, a shirt that somebody was wearing that said emotional intelligence is my jam, which is actually a pretty fun oh, quote. Nice. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, what, what uh, Liz, we got some nice Liz moments too. Uh, yeah. So Liz came out there and I, I apparently like they, they made a thing out of like how she has, has faced sort of, um, a lot of judgment and, you know, I guess social media shit after being well, on the show and having it revealed that, like, her and Nick had hooked up before, which, like, maybe this is so idealistic of me, but, like, I can't believe that anybody, like, was she, upset by that She says all. she's from small town Nebraska. Okay. Like, she's, it, from what it sounds like, she's from a community where, you know, they didn't appreciate... That she had made, that she had had sex before? Like, literally, that's all it boils down to, is she regardless of like the that she was on the show with the guy that she had hooked up with before like the thing was that she had hooked up before and that was what like said everybody i'm not doubting well, that it happened I, i'm not i'm not like the doubting that was, she's faced that judgment it's just like crazy to me that like i don't know and the thing the the women kind of rushed to her defense because she'd been kind of funneled into this one note character yeah which, I mean, like the nature her whole of the thing beast. yeah like she didn't have any defining traits other than the fact that she had had sex with this guy at a wedding right uh, i'm so sorry everybody that was unprofessional of me um everybody this was the first thing that we've got and i've talked about this so much during this season and that like these women just love the shit out of each other these women are like with a couple of exceptions these women are just crazy about each other and so when liz is up there and talking about how it's been difficult since she's been off the show um, like everybody ran to her aid and was like, listen, all everybody saw that, uh, I think it was Haley who said, uh, everybody saw Liz and saw that she was this woman who had had sex with Nick before, but like we saw her as this woman who goes and, you know, digs, digs wells in, in, in other countries and like is this great humanitarian. And it was a really sweet moment. Like every time that anybody would like come to the defense of whoever was in the hot seat, like pretty much every woman would be like, yep, yep, like, cheering for yeah liz liz speaks specifically to the the relationship she formed and said that she's drawn a lot of strength from them so that was nice to hear it drives me fucking crazy i will say this every episode it drives me crazy that we did not get to see those relationships build outside of like the goofy ass like end of episode bloopers well, I mean, do you want three hours every week because i don't want sure. three hours every week i want fucking ten two minutes every week of just like people being friends and hanging out in the house and getting to be buddies with each other. Yeah, yeah I want that. Absolutely, I want that. Yeah. I, I Take fucking six of the hours that you dedicated to Corn and Taylor and give it to that. That yeah, would no be kidding. ideal. Uh, are you counting the, the hour they put in tonight? Because they definitely put like an hour into that drama. We f- hey, folks, straight up, this is Griffin and Rachel speaking. We fast-forwarded through a lot of that. Sorry, but you didn't make us care the first time around, so I very much doubted you were going to make us care the second go Gian. Yeah, there's there's a lot of time spent on like, will they apologize to each other? Will they bury the hatchet? Uh, no, no, they won't. I still stand by like whatever. Both of them did gross stuff, but like yeah. I still stand by the fact that like Taylor did definitely use her like 
education and her like knowledge of the of things that Corinne didn't know about to like make her seem small on a television show and like that fucking sucks. Yeah, I was telling Griffin it was frustrating to me because there are definitely a lot of behaviors that Corinne demonstrated that you could complain about. Yes. And for some reason, Taylor seemed to focus on aspects of Corinne that were just really petty. And so it made Taylor look bad, and it didn't allow anyone to really get to the issue that I think a lot of them had with Corinne, which was, you know, fair. Hmm. Um, But yeah, then we get to spend more time with Corinne, and Corinne gives a really kind of noble explanation of her relationship with Raquel. Yeah, so she explains her mom had ovarian cancer and was, like, dying, and so they were, like, making preparations for her mother's death, and in that time they moved to Florida, and Raquel moved with them just to, like, be with be with their, their family as they went through this really tough thing. And she, she says, and this is something we've actually struggled with in, in, in talking about Raquel, and so it was kind of... Um, surprising to me that like Corn had a, a a way of addressing it where she said that she uses the word nanny as a shorthand because to her Raquel is this genuinely very important person in her her life who it sounds like actually helped her get through some some really tough stuff and has been an important member of her family unit um, and so it would be kind of unthinkable to call her like a housekeeper or yeah. a cleaning lady. And so she uses nanny, the word nanny, just because she doesn't want to be disrespectful or diminishing of how important a person she is in, in her life, which is like, I've been waiting on this explanation literally the entire season. Yeah. Um, and I'm, 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 I guess I'm glad that we got it. Was, it. it was nice, but let's, let's not forget that this woman still makes her bed. Yes. Well, let's also not forget that this show used this woman as a a, a, a prop, a prop yeah. to like make this woman's entitlement really shine through. Yeah. Um. And so, yes, I don't know that it was a some positive, but like I don't know. I feel like that was a nice a nice thing. And then I feel like I got back into Taylor and Corn. Honestly, just like in this conflict between Taylor and Corn, Corn was the one who came out looking like more mature in in the whole thing, which is yeah, just like wild. Because Corinne made the point, and it's pretty true. Like. Corinne was never really on the attack. Uh, Except for when this, like, completely, like, can, like um, manufactured drama between her and Taylor started up. Yeah. Um, yeah, she never said anything, really. She like, just, she said stuff kind of dismissive about the other women, but she was never hateful, really, until she felt attacked. Yeah, mostly she just, like, took naps and just, like... Uh, rented a bouncy castle and like kind of tried to recreate that one scene from Varsity Blues and yeah, <laughs> that's really it. And she makes the point, and it's like every every villain worth their salt makes this point of like I'm here to get the bachelor or bachelorette's attention, and you all are focused on me, so don't do that. If you're really here for Nick, then yeah. you'll be here for Nick. And, and then and that's such a fucking salient detail because guess what? Raven and Vanessa didn't get bogged down in that shit, and here they are, top two. And then Corinne gives everybody cheese pasta. Yeah. Which is a nice moment. It doesn't look very good. I'm sorry. Yeah, it just looks like pasta with shredded cheese on it. That's literally all it looks like, gang. Um, But you did make the point. There's oh, a shit. moment. I want to see this. Somebody please do a script. I, I hate asking this of you to like go back and rewatch this um, three hours of quagmire that we just uh waded through all together but there's a shot of fucking taylor holding this bowl of cheesy pasta like not looking like she's into it and that is my fucking mood board right now (laughs) 
Uh, and then we spend some more time with Christina. Yeah. Um, not not really much new here. Yeah, she kind of retells her story because it's so powerful. Like, even hearing it again, it's still emotional. I'll be honest. I got a little uncomfortable with how much prodding there was by Chris Harrison to be like, but here in America, it's so fucking great, right? Yeah. A truly American story. And, like, I, I it, it is a powerful story, but, like, I don't know. It got maybe just my fucking metric is very finely tuned these days but it just felt very like um well we know, just like, heard chris say or not chris we just heard, heard nick, nick say i'm proud to be nick an American. maybe but it, it just it hit me it's just like isn't it just so fucking great to be here thanks thank you yeah aren't you so lucky aren't you so lucky to be yeah. and like you know i based on her her story it sounds like she is but it, there was just a lot of like ain't, ain't it grand ain't, ain't it ain't, ain't she a grand old flag <laughs> Uh, this does give Liz an opportunity to kind of call the women out for bickering about naps uh, when there are women like Christina who are like so um, mature and strong. And she tells all the women that, that they should be building each other up and check yes. their privilege. The fact that they're all sitting on a fucking sound stage right now having arguments about naps I do want to circle back one thing about Taylor Korn. It was a really great moment. They were there was so much arguing about fucking naps. It it, it was it was so stupid. <laughs> like you love naps. No, you're the biggest nap person. You're well. You're the one who took naps all the time. Taylor, you took naps all the time during one of these arguments, and there were several. Um, one of the women in the back row chimed up and said, "Taylor, you literally have a shirt that said nap. What does it say? Nap queen. Nap queen on it." And Taylor was like, "Oh." Um, it was like this. Like, fucking, well, I like naps. Yeah, I can't. But like, it, it was this fucking phoenix, right? Like, I have a piece of evidence here that's really going to shut this down. You have a shirt that says you love naps on it. So what's up now? Um. Okay, fine, bachelor. You got me to talk about fucking Taylor and Corn once. Yeah. With interest, fine. You did it. Uh, and then they bring Nick out. I love Christina, by the way. I really hope she gets in bed. I really do. I don't. I almost don't want her to be disgraced with Bip. <laughs> Bip can be gross. Bip can be gross, but like, I don't know. I think she, I think she would do really well. All these women are such good buddies. They'd have such a good time together. I want all the women in this season of Bip to just be from this season. I can't, you know. That'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty good. And Charlene can come back too. Charlene would never do Bip. Yeah, I know. Um. Okay, Nick comes out. Hi, Nick. And Nick's like, it's my first tell-all, which is remarkable because he's been on three seasons of this show. Chris dunks on him, and Chris is like, yeah, it's because you keep being the runner-up. And Nick is like, wow, thanks. He's like, yeah, you keep getting your heart torn out right there at the very end, so you don't have to come to this one. (laughs) Uh, I think these two are really good buddies, and I wish I knew more about their friendship, because they've fucking been professional colleagues now for like three years. Yeah, I know. They've done a lot of work together. Yeah, Uh, And a lot of travel, too. A lot of travel. So Nick Nick has the opportunity to kind of compliment some of the ladies. He talks about how one of the things he really respected about Corinne was that she was always taking risks. Um, he talks about Christina uh, and how much he respects her and how hard it was to send her home. And then Christina kind of says, well, what, what was I missing then? You know, didn't we have all these great things? Uh, and then this is when Nick starts giving agency to his heart again and says, well, something in my heart said that something wasn't there. As this dude's, this dude's go-to move. Just, it wasn't me. It was oh. the heart. I, I can tell you right now, I think you're great. But my heart, 
my heart's somewhere else. Uh, but in his defense, and I'm not going to step to his defense very much at all for the remainder of the season, but, like, what do you say? Like, you told me in the one room that you thought you would love to meet my family and that we had a really special connection. Yeah, I said that to eight people that night. Like, I'm sorry that you weren't the one that it stuck to, but, like, I said that I want to meet your family to eight different people, and so and I yeah. can only take six, so I'm sorry that it wasn't you. It was just, like, I'm dating eight other, like, I'm yeah. dating other people. I'm sorry. No, and he does say that. But the thing that he d- also says that kind of starts to annoy me is right after Christina, Danielle L. says, like, why'd you take me on that two-on-one? It made me feel like I didn't deliver something you were looking for. Uh, I wish you just would have sent me home. And he's like, listen, I know what it's like. Like, I, I've I've been there at the end on two seasons. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, of course, you want to get sent home. You don't want to be dragged along to the end. And this is when I started to be like, okay, Nick, we get it. You have experience, but that doesn't mean that these women aren't allowed to tell you anything. Yeah, that's your fault that this this has happened to you. It's your fault that you're sitting here now after doing this a few times. Like, like it's almost like so he doesn't have to hear their concerns. He just has to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I know. I, I As you'll recall, I've also been on the show. But I also think in his mind, he thinks he has had the worst experience of yeah. anybody who has ever been on this show, no matter what, because he got jilted at the altar two times. And the, the, and and that's 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 unthinkable. Nobody's been had it harder than me because I got dumped twice in the final yeah. two. Can you believe it? Runner up two times. So anyway, I know that I destroyed your heart um, in St. Thomas, but uh, I got I got dumped two times. So what's up? Yeah. So I I don't know. I I didn't find him particularly enjoyable. He seemed very like political while he was on the show. Like. He's, he's he's like thank you for telling me your concerns. I appreciate hearing them, and it just felt gross to me. He's he is, um, I think he's good at what he does, and what he does is like worms his way out of pretty much any conflict that has been thrown his direction this entire time. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to justify my admiration of Ben Higgins, the Axeman, in that regard. I feel like Ben Higgins was a little bit more honest about it. Like, if he... I think he owned... Yeah, he had a way of eliminating people that really, like, seemed so satisfying. Like, seemed so unique to the woman he was eliminating. Yeah, I don't and, think there was very much, like, my heart just uh, wasn't, you know, this, that, that intangible factor. He was very much like, I am sending you home because you are too short bye like he was he was he was very matter of fact about it i feel it. like most of the women that were eliminated left the conversation feeling like yeah nope that tracks all right <laughs> all right you're right i'm too short what's up bye um uh and then we get bloopers they're good bloopies which are always good usually yeah. they involve bugs flying on or around flying people around people yeah uh, and then we get to spend some time with a Rachel. Lot of, uh, people, uh, the, the bloopers were also like, oh, these women all really love hanging out with each other. There was extended throwing food into each other's mouth, which is like, that's the shit I'm interested in is like the <laughs> you guys are prisoners in this house and you can't do anything fun. So like the stuff that you do to entertain yourselves. And so it seemed like the mouth food to mouth throwing game was interesting. And then seeing how many of these like huge Corinne, cheese cubes yeah, crank like fit into her cubes. face. She could put a lot in there. Yeah, she could. Any inter- corn- and again, I've talked about this too. Like, I don't think anybody in the house really hated corn all that much, except for Taylor, apparently. But like, 
she was always applauding when Rachel came out as the next Bachelorette. She was applauding whenever, like, uh, you know, Liz was telling her story. She was applauding. Like, she was very... Well, every, and a lot of the women jumped to her defense. Jumped to her defense, yeah. Yeah. Um, or, like, apologized specifically for not being cool with whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and then we get Rachel. And then we get Rachel. Rachel comes out. Uh, and it, it's interesting because she does a lot of the, like, I'm really excited. I'm really honored. And then Chris says specifically you're our first um african-american bachelor or bachelorette uh and rachel kind of says like i'm excited to have that responsibility yeah, she says the word that i keep coming back to is i'm honored i'm honored to be the uh the first uh african-american person to like have this the responsibility of of, of this position she says how does she put it she says um, I don't necessarily want it to be the whole focus of my yeah. season, although it is something that I'm like happy to like um, a- a- acknowledge and have be a factor. Which like, yeah, I really I have no idea what to expect. We have nothing. We have no idea to go on at this point. It's it's gonna like, I don't know how this show's gonna do. It's really weird. Like I, I'm I'm thinking about it in traditional Bachelorette terms, and like, boy, I hope there's a fun cast of boys. And I hope there's some good boys in there. And I hope there's some fun having good boys in there. And I hope that they don't make Rachel too boring like they do with the main star of Bachelor or Bachelorette like they do. Like, you love them when they're, they're a contestant. But then when they're in charge, like, they don't get as much fun stuff to do. Boy, I hope that doesn't happen. I, I don't even know how to factor in, like, I hope this show, like, does a good job of having its first, like, black star. Um I just have no idea how they're going to I have no idea how they're going to handle it and I don't know how much of an emphasis they're going to place on the fact that this is our first black bachelor and bachelorette and if they do place an emphasis on it whether or not they'll do it in like a a good way. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it would be smart for them to bring in some consultants or or just kind of acknowledge like we're out of our element here. I it doesn't seem like their style though. No, I'm I pretty know. sure everybody making this show is fucking full blown unreal. Like we got this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, I'm so excited for Rachel to be the Bachelorette though. I I am too, but I just I feel a little burned for all the reasons that you said. You know, like as soon as somebody becomes the lead. They have to almost dial back their personality to make room for the show. I loved Caitlin on whose season was that? Chris? Chris Souls. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember because oh, it's so gross when Caitlin and uh, the other woman had to like fight it out for the spot of being the bachelor at that season. That was so yeah, Brit. Brit. Yeah. God, that was shitty. But I loved Caitlin. She was hysterical. Like she was one of my favorite contestants ever. And then when she was the bachelorette, it was just like, eh, they didn't give her anything fun to do. It wasn't like she changed or whatever and became boring. It was just now you're in charge. And so there's all these responsibilities that you have to live up to. So unfortunately in fulfilling those responsibilities, you're going to be boring as hell. I just really hope that they don't do that to Rachel. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is that when she came out, all the women were so excited. Everybody was. They were all standing up and like praising her and what a good bachelorette she was going to be. And then one of the women said, and I really appreciated this. Uh, she's like, we'll take your leftovers. <laughs> that was really good. So <laughs> all of the captions were like, at the, no joke, when she came out for the, for a minute, the captions were just like women yelling. Like it couldn't <laughs> even break it down because everybody was just like yelling like how much they loved rachel and how great a job she was gonna do and like um 
we just didn't see that didn't see that that their that their friendship form but whatever um and that was the women tell all boy i think we burned through that pretty fast but hey it's a women tell all yeah this is literally and i think it's the same with griffin this is my least favorite episode every season and yeah the bloopies are don't like talking about it just like it's just that you know they're going to dedicate at least like 30 minutes to an hour to the Badlands episode where they manufacture some bullshit drama that nobody really gave a shit about. Uh, we should thank people for some gifts we got. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to thank uh, Cassie for the caramel she sent me. Um, she heard about my dairy soy um, situation right now and that I can't have either. And sent me some really nice caramels to kind of itch my sweet tooth. I'll scratch your teeth if you need me to. That's kind of a <laughs> so anyway, strange thank request. You. Um, this is more probably of a Mim um, thing, but we just got it. And I'm so in love with it. Somebody sent a Mac the Turtle sort of replica, which was a, a wonderful wooden turtle that I found while shooting the Mim Bam TV show. Uh, it was Ashley and Tyler. Thank you both. Um, I hope you're listening. Um, and thank you to everybody who sent stuff to our P.O. Box. It's P.O. Box 66639, Austin, Texas, 78766, if you want to get in touch. Um, and thanks for all the postcards and wedding invites and yeah, we get nice a lot. letters we get. We get a lot of really, really sweet stuff. And yeah. a lot of it is like, you help my blank to watch this show with me. And now it's like a thing we do all the time. And it's I'm so happy that mm-hmm. that we're bringing folks sort together. Sort of. Well, kind of. <laughs> I wish we were doing it for a more wholesome... T- I was just like, thank you for bringing us to watch the Great British Baking Show. It's like, well, you're welcome. Unfortunately, yeah. that... Or thanks for bringing us together to do this great charity work. <laughs> that would right. be... It doesn't have to be a TV show. It doesn't have to be stuff. a TV show. Yeah, dang. Um, thank you to Maximum Fun for having us. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows. Again, the Max Fun Drive is coming up and... We got some exciting stuff coming out that we are really looking forward to showing you. I guess let us know in the Facebook group, and I'm sure people are already sounding off there, like what we should do after this is over. Because uh, yeah. next week is the finale, and then we don't really know what some we're going to do. Some definite contenders are the season of Are You the One? Uh, Terrace House, Aloha State, we've talked mm-hmm. about doing, um, or talking about the ending of Terrace House, although I feel like that ship has pretty much sailed at this point. Yeah. Um, boy, it's a good ending, though. Um. Yeah, we have some stuff that we can talk about. If you could if always watch Trista's season two. Yeah, I thought about that. The, the, the first Bachelorette. Yeah. Um. Uh. I also thought it might be kind of kind of fun to go back and watch Ben Flajanic's season because it was my first season of watching the show and oh, just seeing like yeah. how it's. Exp- I don't know if we could find it anywhere. If you're new to the podcast, um, there are pretty big gaps between uh, the next thing after this is Rachel's season of The Bachelorette. That'll probably kick off in what May June. Yes. Yeah, so May, we'll, we'll have I about think. a month, month and a half long gap. And during that time, we usually watch other kissing shows. And then <laughs> after her season, we'll probably end in probably around late July, August. And then Bachelor there's in Paradise. Uh, Bachelor in Paradise starts off pretty much right after that. Uh, there's, there's not much of a gap there most of the time. And then after that, we have The Long Dark, where we just have to talk about any old shit. Any yeah. old shit until we'll, next we'll January. We'll find a lot of overseas shows on YouTube during that time. Yeah. Hopefully by that time, Terrace House Aloha State will have finished up its its run. And we'll be yeah. able to get back into that, and we'll be on to a new Terrace House. Basically, I just want all TV shows to be Terrace House yeah, at this point. for sure. Um, anyway, that's it, right? Yep. Cool. Let's go to bed. Okay. I love you. <laughs> I love you, too. Uh, I'm Griffin McElroy. <laughs> I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. Final Rose. Stay with us on this journey of joy. 
she ends up with Soldier Boy. My name is Patrick. My name is Parker. Max FunCon has been a huge inspiration in my life. And now I have this network of friends that I've made that span literally across the entire globe, and they're some of my favorite people in the world. I truly cannot believe the amount of wonderful and lasting friendships that have come out of this. If you feel like you might not fit in, as long as you're a good person, you'll fit in because everyone there is good and amazing and kind and wonderful, and you should absolutely go. It will be the best decision of your life. Make a ton of new friends like Parker and Patrick at MaxFunCon. Tickets for MaxFunCon and MaxFunCon East are on sale now at MaxFunCon.com. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.